Hello and welcome to Mac Gamecast episode 33. I'm John Carr as always and with me is Ted and Casper. How you doing gents? Doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be back after our little uh, break there. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, uh, that break is 99% my fault. Um, I went on an overseas trip for a while, uh, then I got back in February, then I got horribly sick, then I got a little better, and then Casper got sick. <laughs> uh, I still have a minor cold, so I'm going to uh, try to keep coughing to a minimum. I am, I've got a cough drop in my mouth, so if I talk a little funny, sorry about that. But uh, yeah, my goodness, we haven't had a show in three months or so. Yeah, or maybe even more. So there's actually quite a lot on our docket to talk about. There's some cool, a lot of cool tech updates from Apple, upcoming stuff, new computers, new hardware, new chips. Uh, there's a decent amount of gaming news, whether that's games coming or streaming stuff or comments from Apple on gaming and uh, all that kind of stuff. So uh, should be a good episode. Yeah. Um, and of course, glad to have you here. Sam did chime in on our Discord with some comments about this and that. Um, he's not able to be here today, but hopefully we'll be able to get him soon. Lily is also unavailable because she's working. Um, we do have some really fun episodes planned in the near future. Hopefully everyone can hop on board for that. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Casper, why don't we start with the stuff you just linked? Cause that's interesting. I thought maybe do tech stuff first then game stuff, but Hey, let's jump into the juicier game stuff. <laughs> um, so why don't you proceed with talking about, uh, what you just linked us? Yeah, I mean, it was just something I was reading just now, so I haven't digged into it that much. But um, there was apparently an event that I missed that Apple held uh, sometime in February, where mm. it was like a, an invite-only press event, where they had uh, people come over, and uh, including developers and press, uh, focus specifically on games. Um, now, a lot of it was uh, mobile-centric still, so it was things like Call of Duty Warzone coming to the iPhone and still just the iPad and stuff. Um, but they did also have some Mac focus. Um, in particular, a game called The Medium, which I actually hadn't heard of before this, uh, but I, it, it looks good. And it's apparently like a kind of horror game. Um, so we're getting more in the vein of uh, Resident Evil still, I guess. Mm. Um, <laughs> but that's apparently coming to the Mac um, at the event. Uh, people said it was running on an M2 Mac Mini um, and ran well from what they could see there. Uh, obviously, still being early, it's it's not out yet the Mac version that is. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something that happened that I just completely missed until just now, which is kind of cool. Uh, first event of the year from Apple's side, obviously still just a small press event, but f gaming focused, um, leaning into nice. a trend from Apple that. You know, they seem to be talking a lot more about games uh, after the Apple Silicon transition started than they have since God knows when, the 90s. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's nice to see that uptick. I've also noticed it. And of course, some of the links you've been posting, it's occasionally these Apple developers showcase things and some guys maybe talking about a tech related thing and then sure or whatever. But oh, it's here's a game to talk about. Uh, mm -hmm. It's cool. <clears throat> You know, it's still far from like the kind of games I want to be playing, but it's a big mm -hmm. step in the right direction. And it's really encouraging to see all kinds of Apple um, people or Apple adjacent people interested in this or even holding events. Okay, even if it's mobile focused, well, hey, here's a Mac game. I mean, you know, even I mean, when yeah, I mean, when did they used to hold gaming events? They used to hold them decades ago, but they weren't gaming events. They were like WWDC, but they'd always feature a game, usually yeah, of some yeah. kind. Oh, yeah. Um, 
there was always a gaming booth or many booths when you right. went home. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I've never been to one, unfortunately, but oh, I used yeah. to read about them in the magazines, you know, Mac World and Mac Life and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Mac Addict, I guess, way back in the day. Yeah, way back. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite one. Um, so it's good. Uh, the uh, the medium I have heard of, because I know Bloober Team, I know them. I don't know them. I know of them because um, yeah. they did Layers of Fear and Observer, okay. um, which I've played a bit of both way back when my journal, journal days. Um, it doesn't say so on Steam, but they were published by Aspire. Mm-hmm. Looking now, there's no mention of Aspire, but Aspire is the one who published Layers of Fear, and I'm pretty sure they published Observer too. But now the original version of Observer is no longer available on Steam, only like the updated Redux version is, which is Windows only. Okay. The original version had Mac support. Layers of Fear is still Mac friendly. These are all, again, like these sort of create if you want to call them creative like horror games they're kind of walking simulators not the medium but layers of fear and observer Mm. but they're really they're well done they're very visually interesting um they have interesting stories you know they're more like thematic than like mechanic Mm. in terms of games um but they seem well received by the public you know this is back like 2016 2018 or whatever uh mediums from 2021 so not too bad um, the game looks interesting. I don't love like sort of horror mystery stuff, but it's definitely intriguing. It's labeled what adventure, horror, dark female protagonist. So, um, but conceptually, it looks cool. It's this whole like split sort of screen thing going on with your like psychic abilities and reality or something. Um, so cool. Yeah, more games for the Mac. I mean, <clears throat> and uh, there's some other fun stuff we talk about. Developers mentioning games more. Sam had linked an article, I think maybe you did, and some Apple executives were commenting, oh, yeah, the Silicon base is growing. You know, we're excited for, you know, stronger GPUs to get out into all the hands of gamers and public and developers. And uh, yeah, the on that chips. point, I, I, I must say, I find it a little bit sad that the medium Resident Evil, presumably No Man's Sky and maybe Grid Legends, all seem to be Apple Silicon exclusive um, mm. because, like, Theoretically, all the APIs they're using should also work for Intel-based Macs, at least of like a, one of the more recent ones, right? Um, optimization level stuff might be like specifically, hey, this is only really going to run well on Apple Silicon. But I, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed that the higher-end Intel models aren't being allowed to see if they can run the games. Um, you could argue that maybe they're doing like such hyper optimization that they're actually breaking things on the other models, mm. but I kind of doubt it. But um, it's it's just a bit of a shame. Um, the medium, from what I heard, it sounded like that would be Apple Silicon exclusive as well. So yeah, it is a direction they're pushing. Uh, I do find it disappointing. I mean, I own a nice 2020 iMac, and there's a lot of good 2020 machines. Some would argue maybe 2018, but. I agree. Like, I mean, yeah, why not let a 2020 machine do it? But I can also understand the exclusivity. The whole point is to get people to buy your stuff. Right? Sure. They have Xbox exclusives, PlayStation exclusives. They're, I don't think there's PC but exclusives anymore. But it's still anymore. the Mac, right? It's like the platform is yeah. the Mac. I, I like Right. Yeah. Um, yeah well that, and regardless that of, of anything, okay. the Apple Silicon would be the upgrade path for people because that's what's going to be there. Like, you can't buy an Intel Mac after the Mac Pro is switched over eventually. 
Right. Uh, Ted, you had something to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, Casper made a really good point there. I mean, if they allowed it to play on the Intel machines, then some, then you finally upgrade to a, a silicon machine. You go, wow, it's a lot better. I'm glad I did that. You know, it justifies your, your up, you know, your purchase. I mean, that was always the greatest thing about buying a new Mac was like, oh, I'm going to go do something I've been doing and see how much faster, nicer, quicker, whatever mm-hmm. it is on the new chip and you know they're not allowing for that and what they're you know for like those of us who are kind of like sticking with their intel max for at least a while <laughs> you know I, I i don't even know what i'm going to do when i'm upgrade and you know and it kind of makes me wonder you know i don't want to feel like an orphan that's left in the snow type thing you know hmm. so but that's the way i feel at this point yeah, it's an awkward transition to be sure, especially since Apple's like forcing it basically, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I can, from a certain angle of vision, I can understand why they're doing it. And I don't oh, yeah. blame them, but it would be nice if they were more accommodating because yeah. there's definitely a lot of gamers out there who still have Intel Macs. Um, but they it's, also you know, explicitly have universal binaries to support things that are, you know, have native binaries for both platforms. So why not make right. use of the technologies they have? that allow for builds to exist for both platforms, Intel and Apple Silicon. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and I'm wondering, at least with some of these projects, the ones we know that Apple's basically funding, um, mm-hmm. the Resident Evil and the No Man's Sky and Grid Legends, I don't know about the the medium, maybe that one also, considering is at this Apple event and invite only and everything, um, maybe part of, I, there must be obviously some kind of contract, um, is it's, like required, like you have to make this silicon only. You know, I assume something like that's going on. Otherwise, why wouldn't they want their game available on more uh, yeah, exactly. potential potential customers? More, you know, Intel still is a solid user base on Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? Why not spread the possibility of more people buying it? So I suspect it's an Apple related move. Unless you said the other possibility was, oh, maybe there's such intense optimization that it just like can't be mm-hmm. done on Intel. I, I do doubt that. It's, it's theoretically right. possible, but I don't think that's I likely. See. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Realm of three. Yeah. Um, you know, but in one, maybe the, like the, the con is right now, like Ted was saying, Intel users are kind of left out in the cold. Not mm. kind of, they are. Um, but they still have their boot camp, although we would prefer to game on Mac. Um, game on Mac OS rather than gaming on a Mac Gaming right. on Mac hardware, you just, <laughs> you're still on your Mac, it's just in Windows, not on Mac OS. Um, theoretically, though, um, the long-term benefits of this are, um, hopefully the rewards long-term, rather, are this does push a more silicon user base faster. It does push quicker developer adoption, uh, importing and all this stuff. Hopefully, it like accelerates that. So we have like a short-term pain for hopefully what's a long-term gain. Hopefully, yeah course we have no way to guarantee that or know that it's speculation but i'm hoping that's what they're looking for i think you had quoted it casper not on this podcast in discord from that older article like a month or two back uh actually did i have it here it's saying something like apple was playing the long game or something in relation to gaming uh let me see i'm scrolling Mm, Mm, does immediately ring a bell um uh you had it you like code blocked it here it is Okay, the story, this is Apple executives talking, I don't know which one. The story starts many years ago when we were imagining this transition, meaning silicon. Gamers are a serious bunch, 
And I don't think we're going to fool anybody by saying that overnight, we're going to make the, Mac a, uh, make the Mac a great gaming platform. We're going to take a long view on this. Emphasis on that last part. We're going to take a long view on this. So hopefully with this in mind, and this was, I think, in January, February, this article. Right. Yeah, I do remember now. I, I read this on Mac Rumors. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so hopefully that's what they're thinking. Okay, let's push the longer view adoption. It'll take time to get up and running. Um, of course, the, the uh, I don't want to call it the elephant in the room. That's probably too strong a word. But historically, Apple's track record on supporting gaming is very uh, haphazard, let us say. It goes mm. up, 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 and then way down, then up and down, and then long years of dormancy, and then up again, then down again. So um, it's looking better than ever before, or at least better than, say, in the last 10 years. Um, yeah. You know, I still don't think they're beyond the point they were, like, 15, 20 years ago when they actually had like whole gaming segments on the Apple website. And yeah, every WWDC had like a gaming section or whatever. And, you know, big on stage announcements. I mean, sure, they talk at games at WWDC, but they're like mobile games or what I would call like Apple, Ar- Apple Arcade games. And we, mm-hmm. those are all basically mobile games for all intents and purposes, more or yeah. less. You know, we're not getting, it, this is good, but to me, like what we need, I, we meaning Mac gamers, <clears throat> Um, it's, it's too, what do you call it? Uh, it's too easy to say, oh, we just need a bigger library. Cause of course, who doesn't want a bigger library? Um, but in the, like, let's say in the next five years or three to five years, um, I feel like we really need just a couple of games that have, that have legs that gamers can, can play. These tend to be multiplayer, frankly, though, not always. Um, but know what I mean? Like we could use a Call of Duty game. People love to play that or like a big RPG, like God of War, Elden Ring or something that people just love to sink hundreds of hours into. And they like to talk about it. They like to share their moments in forums or on discords um, or a game like Destiny, which is kind of evergreen and always has new content because it's a live service game. I'm not saying these are the best games ever or whatever. Some people like them. A lot of people like them. Some people don't. But the point is they're games that have a lot of longevity to them. And a lot, and they're very popular, and they're fun to share, and they're fun to play with your friends, and or in single player, maybe you share your stories. Oh, I fought this crazy boss in Elden Ring, or I discovered this cool thing in a cave, or whatever. Um, you know, it generates like some momentum and some energy into like the Mac gaming ecosystem. You know, we don't have, we haven't had that kind of game in quite a long time. Five, eight years ago, maybe I would argue. Right. But I think on that point as well, like in addition to just expanding the library and getting these games out there, if the Mac is to really achieve a point where it's not necessarily equal to, but at least closer to the level of the other gaming platforms, Windows, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, whatever, Hmm. it is also going to be important to reach a point where we have simultaneous release, where a Hmm. Mac version of a game doesn't come out two years after the PC version, but actually like not necessarily even on the same day, just a month later, two months later, not two years. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. Historically, that's been true. There was a brief time Aspire, maybe back in the what, 2010 to like 2014 range was putting out games pretty close. Civilization came out like two weeks later. Borderlands Mm -hmm. 2 came out like two, three weeks later after the PC release. Um, maybe some other games I can't think of right now. Feral traditionally was the studio porting stuff like, oh, yeah, here's this new game, quote unquote, that's really like two to four years old. Um, but of course, Aspire has kind of fallen off the map. iOS, I don't let now I'm curious in relation to um, the medium. 
Is that Bloober team porting it? Is Aspire somehow involved? Looking at, I don't know. I'm very curious to see once the Mac version is released. Um, but as we know, as we've talked about, and I don't remember what episode, Aspire has seemed to have really changed their um, activities in the gaming space. I don't really know what they're doing. They were trying to uh, do the uh, Star Wars Knights of the Republic remake. Apparently, it fell through, and they were like canned off the project. Supposedly, we have like no idea what's happening with Aspire. Um, but what's interesting is maybe if Bloober Team is self-porting um, it, well, maybe that's good news. Maybe you don't need a Mac specialist to port to Apple Silicon. Maybe it's better. Like maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. Mm. Um, hopefully, like the I'm you know I don't know much about game development other than like broadly speaking, Casper certainly knows more. Um, but I'm hoping that accessibility increases whether it's big studios or indies because you know barrier to entry is a big thing in tech and mm-hmm. small guys or big companies if things are difficult and a hassle they don't want to do it they don't want to invest the time or the energy or training new guys or girls whoever um i understand it's not just oh push a button and it just spits out your game magically you know <laughs> yay full max support fully optimized um but especially, yeah, just as games go on, as engines develop, you know, Unreal Engine 5 is, like, insanely cool. Like, I'm waiting for the first real, I mean, maybe there's a mobile game using UE5, I don't know. But I mean, like, a game game, a computer game. <laughs> um, you know, the fir- I remember the first Unreal Engine 3 game on the Mac, which is the first Borderlands by Feral. The first UE4 game on the Mac? Darn, I don't remember that one. But was, the, um, was the Batman, Batman Arkham City, was Ooh. that UE4? Or was that UE3? I think it was still UE3. Yeah, okay. I think. I mean, it's a 2012 game or 13. <clears throat> but um, yeah, but it's a key point. Momentum's important. You're talking about this release timing. Yeah, one or two months later. I would say like max three. Three's mm-hmm. kind of fair, um, depending on the game at least. Um, but it's interesting. And then I wonder again, as I've wondered before, and this is now growing in relation to streaming. So static, Google Stadia shut down. Um, really the only one in the game is NVIDIA with GeForce Now and Xbox has a PC game thing, but it's really awkward to use. You have to use a controller. You have to use like Chrome. Um, it's super clunky. It's just really clunky unless you love controllers, I guess. The game streamed is the console version, not the PC version, even though it's the PC game pass. The whole thing about it's like lower end. So GeForce Now has really stepped up the game in a number of ways. Um, the I think I mentioned this last time, but just in case, they now have my camera's kind of high. I'm ticking off my fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a new camera. It's on the top of my monitor. Um, they now have ultra wide support, which is a big deal considering I have an ultra wide monitor. I'm not currently subscribed to them, but it's kind of making me consider. In fact, I stopped subscribing to them because they didn't have ultra wide support, and I had a new, I play on an ultra wide monitor now. <laughs> so I was like tired of all these black bars, right? Yeah. They have 3D surround sound. I mean, of course, at the end of the day, a purist will go, well, hey, it's still streaming. It's never going to look as good. There's going to be glitches. I want to play in my hardware. That's true. Um, but the tech is getting very impressive. It's up to, I think, what, 240 FPS now? Um, although not at 4K. I think that's mm-hmm. at 1080p. But if you want to play at 4K, then I think it's 60 to 120 FPS. I think 120 they support. So the tech's getting really impressive. And what's more impressive is the library support is now coming due to, um, so Microsoft's trying to buy Activision Blizzard, which has been all over the news and various things. But there's been um, a lot of the competition, which is NVIDIA, Sony, Nintendo, all these other guys, they filed like, what is it? 
um, monopoly or antitrust or whatever it is, lawsuits against them or something. Um, and so the whole deal has been held up, but then Microsoft just made a bunch of deals with Nintendo, NVIDIA, Sony rejected it. They gave them long-term access to Call of Duty, 10 years, like guaranteed, meaning they were concerned about dominance of like major titles like Halo and Call of Duty. And I don't know what else, honestly, those seem to be the only ones mentioned, but the point is, uh, at least for the next 10 years, um, all of Microsoft's stuff, first party stuff is, and even the third party that's opted in is coming to GeForce now. So that means all the Call of Duties, all the Halos. If they acquire Activision Blizzard, that means all their stuff. What's funny is all this was on GeForce now when it was back in beta anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Beta users are just going to be like, hey, it just came back, Um, which I was at the time. Um, But that means, you know, the next Halo game, if you're into it, the next Call of Duty or um, yeah, Diablo 4 is coming out soon. So, hey, you know, of course, yeah, I would love for these kind of games to also get a Mac version. I mean, Diablo 3 came out, what, the 13, 11, 11 years ago? 2012, yeah. Really long time ago. Sure, it'd be really... And of course, Blizzard, um, what, Overwatch 1 and 2 don't have Mac support. And of course, the Call of Duties, but that isn't developed by Blizzard, that's Activision. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as a as an old school Diablo fan, I'm really hoping Diablo 4 would eventually like get a Mac port, but, you know, who knows? But um, I guess, okay, here's a question, maybe for something like Casper. You know, we're talking about, or Apple's even talked about the adoption of Silicon GPUs. And, oh, it's really exciting. They'll get their hands on an M2 Ultra Pro and 96 GPU cores. It's going to blow their dev's mind. What do they even do with this? So the question becomes then, though, if Apple's pushing Silicon um, adoption, which they are, and Silicon exclusivity, which they are, like, at what point does the older silicons get phased out? Because, okay, well, this is a sort of a segue to our next segment, but not yet. Apple has, okay, Apple hasn't announced correction. All the rumor mills and the inside sources, blah, 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 you know, all the all the outlets have said um, Apple's introducing M3 chips this summer or this June. So at what point does the range of silicon, like, shift? Okay, here's a game. It runs on silicon, but then we have silicon M1, M2, and M3. At some point, that goalpost is going to move, and your basic Mm. M1, low-end M1, you know, what is it, 7-core GPU, MacBook Air, whatever, Mac Mini, which I think, like, clearly that scale is getting really big. Oh, here's your Mm. 7-core GPU. Here's your 96-core, whatever. (laughs) That's the extreme ends, but at some point, it's like, People are going to want to port a game that only works on this half, the higher end, and it won't run on the lower end. So will Apple, like, like, will it just say, like, runs on Silicon M2 or in later or something? You know what I mean? Like, So to some extent, um, we may get, like, feature level um, lockoffs where it'll only work on Metal GPU Family 4 or something. That's not something that exists currently. Uh, metal feature set goes up to, you know, as you know, uh, version three. So the way metal feature sets have been um, separated in the past uh, was less simple than it is now because you had metal GPU families, Mac, metal GPU family, iOS, and other platforms separated into these different games. And each mm. had different feature sets for different tiers of GPUs. And it was kind of difficult to get your head around and you had this big complicated table that said these metal features are available on these families of GPUs and stuff where now it's simplified down to Apple GPU family X because all of them are similar Uh in architecture right 
So it might be the case that we get to a point where something gets locked off to a specific uh, metal feature level, um, which would be like generational M3s plus or whatever. And then it doesn't matter if you have an M2 max, you're locked out. Um, but I right. think the majority of the time, what you'll see will be just what we generally always have seen with PC and Mac gamings, that you have sliders for quality settings and you just adjust to whatever you can run, right? Right. Uh, I don't think that there will be like an outright, you're not allowed to try it on an M1. I think it will just be like gradual scaling of, eh, we recommend M1 Pro or, or above or an M2 or something. Um, right. And it's important to also remember that we have features coming in like Metal FX upscaling where we can render a very low resolution image and upscale it to look better uh, to fit a wider uh, array of resolutions, right? So even if you can't even run the game at 1080p anymore because technology has progressed past that, well, maybe you can use Metal FX uh, upscaling to run it at 720 and then make it look kind of 1080-ish and still get a decent experience playing it, right? Um, Of course, eventually, it'll just, even with everything set to the lowest, you'll just get like 10 FPS and that'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I think if you have a high-end config like an M1 Ultra, you'll be set for a very long time, even if you get like DM7 or whatever. Um, (laughs) But it's... So speaking back on the point about feature levels, it's my strong belief that the GPU coming in, maybe not the base M3, but at least higher end M3s like M3 Pro and Max, will have ray tracing hardware. But I think it'll also mm. be in the base model. Um, I don't think it'll be as useful in the base model because as we've seen on the PC hardware front, if you enable ray tracing, performance takes a nosedive. And if you can just about run the game at 60 FPS, you might not want that nosedive or 30 or whatever. <laughs> um, but I do think it'll be like across the board. And and yeah, uh, there's been a lot of clues uh, throughout the past few years that ray tracing is in the works. And um, some people reported that it was planned for the M2 generation, but they had to push it back. So I think M3 oh, is like... Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, really. <clears throat> Yeah, um, it's it's a really nice feature. Um, I played around with it on GeForce Now, <coughs> pardon me, previously. Uh, now I have a PC capable of doing RTX uh, ray tracing for short. Um, you know, it, it's not game changing, but it's really nice visually. Not going to lie, mm-hmm. especially if a game takes advantage of it, like Cyberpunk or uh, mm-hmm. something like The Ascent in the shooter, also a Cyberpunk genre game. Lots of rain, lots of puddles and reflections everywhere. Just as realistic reflections, basically, for anyone listening who doesn't really know what ray tracing does. So stuff in like mirrors or glass or like any sort of puddles or, and it does some like cool stuff with lighting here and there. But that's like the main, like obvious visual appeal of it. Um, is uh, what is it? Real time uh, RTX is like real time effects or something. I forget exactly what it stands for. But. I th- I, th- I think it's just one of those cases where gaming um, hardware manufacturers like to put X's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like I, th- genuinely, right? There is an AMD partner GPU called the XFX RX uh, sixty nine no seventy nine fifty XTX. <laughs> oh my God. There's more X's in that than any other character. <laughs> 
It's true. Oh. Yeah, no, I think that, we, you know, once again, this is a, <clears throat> assuming this happens in the M3 line, as you're saying, the ray tracing, this is, again, very good for the baseline Mac gaming, seeding it out there in the ecosystem, stronger machines, stronger baseline feature support, because it's really common in all kinds of PC games now, even occasional indies, they have ray tracing. Maybe it's not like crazy. It's not like AAA ray tracing, like indie versus AAA is usually a different kind of scale. But it just mm-hmm. looks cool. It's fun. And if you have the machine to do it, you can tick the box on. There's usually a few sliders. It's cool. You know, why not? And like Casper said, whether you want to take that FPS hit or not is up to you. You know, maybe you could run a game at 60 FPS normally. You turn on ray tracing, it drops to like 30 to 40. You know, um, that's more or less been my experience. The games like Dark Tide and Cyberpunk, yeah, it eats up a pretty good chunk of frames, even on powerful hardware. Um, but it looks really good, so I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it also has production benefits, you know. Um, like if you're so back in the day when Pixar were, I say back in the day, they're still making movies, but uh, Pixar used ray tracing a lot uh, throughout their uh, animated movies, um, ah. including like the, the originals, like Toy Story is ray traced, but you didn't have real time ray tracing because no hardware could do that. They had boxes that sat in the corner for you know, a week rendering out a scene. Um, and yeah. it's still going to be offline ray tracing with these kind of things because they don't want to do like low sample count, the kind of ray tracing you'd see in a video game where it's real time. They want the higher quality and they're fine with letting it sit in the corner for a week. Um, but hardware ray tracing will still accelerate those tasks. So there's a production benefit there as well. Oh, very cool. Interesting. I didn't even know that about film stuff, but it makes sense now that you talk about it. Um, So this is all good news for gaming stuff. Um, There is now, I did talk about big releases. We do have one thanks to Larian. We've talked about it before. It's Baldur's Gate 3. Now it has a confirmed release date of August 31st for PC and Mac. So same day release. Um, Nice. You know, and this is a really big AAA RPG. It already has like a zillion reviews and orders on Steam, even though it's an early access. It's like very positive, 90 plus 96% or something, 98. Um, And having tried it, I'm not, <clears throat> What's funny is we were just talking about board games. I've gotten a lot into board games, not necessarily tabletop. I think I've never actually really tried it other than like, uh, what do you call it? Oh my goodness. Um, not Icewind Dale, Neverwinter Nights. That's probably the closest I've gotten to playing D&D in okay. any form is like Neverwinter <laughs> Nights way back in the day, 20 odd years ago. When you say that, you mean yeah. like the, the computer RPG? The computer version, like sorry. That. Yes, right. correct. Yeah. Um, so Baldur's Gate 3, when I tried it, I, I bought it and I honestly ended up refunding it. Um, yeah, I played for like an hour and a half. Really cool game, but I was annoyed, especially just coming off Divinity, I was annoyed by all the dice rolls. Now, mm. I knew it would be there. I think I would enjoy that physically on the tabletop because like you make your character and your sheet and you're rolling the die and the GM's like, oh, you know, roll, you know, make me a skill check or whatever and you roll or you, okay, I'm going to attack this guy with this spell. Okay, roll, you know, to me, that would be fun, but somehow playing it in video game form just annoys me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I can't. I think I may I'll still try the game later, but right now I'm like, I really want to play the game for its story. It's very engaging. The characters are cool. The graphics are amazing. The conversations are really neat. This whole relationship system. Um, but the combat annoys me. Um, because maybe it's just too much time in Divinity. I'm not used to missing. Okay, that game you could miss with a like physical attacks. Magic attacks never missed unless you like you aimed it wrong and you hit a rock or something. Um. So I was trying to play a wizard guy in the Baldur's Gate. I don't want to say demo, but I essentially demoed it. 
Um, and I just like fizzled out on most of my attacks and spells and I got really frustrated. My character is very low level. I could have been doing something wrong. Who knows? Um, I mean, f- so I just want to clarify that there are spells that never miss. Like if you use something like magic missile, you don't roll um, an attack roll on that. It just oh. hits. Some spells will also have, instead of rolling whether it hits or not, it'll be a save where it'll then just maybe reduce it to half damage, but it'll always hit still. Right. They're throwing um, save or whatever you call that. Yeah. yeah. So that, that mm-hmm. exists in the game's framework. Um, right. I also want to point out that hopefully, at least, it wasn't as bad as Morrowind, where when you started the game, you had a sword in your hand and you could see it hit the enemy and nothing would happen for 50 hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, you know, it may sound like I'm whining. Maybe I am, but I am very impressed by the game. Um, it's on my wish list. I'm keeping a cl- I read all the updates. I watch the videos. You know, Larian's really cool. Um, you know, in a world, right, where we had half a dozen, five or ten studios like Larian, where they have like an in-house Mac team, and they're like, sure, here's a Mac version and early access. Here's a Mac version, same day release. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. At the moment, it's Larian, um, but they're an incredibly cool European studio. Um, their studio head, Sven. Sven, I forget his last name. Um, he's really entertaining. He makes all these silly videos. He's very transparent about like their processes and their status of their games. Like they have a really good reputation. It's fantastic. This is coming, um, you know. Uh, so definitely don't sleep on Baldur's Gate, um, especially if you like D and D, because it's a very D and it's using five E. I think they call it rules. Yep. Is that correct? So, yep. um, and it's just uh, it's just a very impressively done game. It'll probably be like win game of the year awards or something. At least be nominated. Um, and really well voice acted too, like quite impressively, which is always nice. Definitely. Um, so that's good Mac news. I'd like some other Mac notes, but they aren't necessarily, they could be interesting, but they aren't necessarily positive. It's basically just, there was an editor of, or former editor of the app store complaining. Apple doesn't care about games because of their review process on the app store. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is what's possibly interesting. And maybe this is the different, like, and I don't know because I haven't tried to put anything on the app store, nor will I. <laughs> hmm. um, but like, how like is it the same process to apply for like? Can you apply to Apple Arcade versus the App Store? Um, um, know, is I've it actually never process? looked into there... Apple Arcade specifically. Um, I don't think you can apply. I think it is something you're selected for, but I actually don't know about Apple Arcade specifically. Um, I'm kind of curious. Like, is that somehow easier to deal with? Because apparently, there's not enough humans to review properly review all the like submissions of games. So games that should go through are like rejected for some random reason in like blatant clones of, you know, pick your game, your Pokemon or your, um, your Halo, whatever, you pick a popular game, Minecraft and like blatant clones get through rise even to the top 10 charts. And then people are like, Oh, this is a, this is like a violation of IP or whatever. Then it gets removed. But mm-hmm. you know, people have already played it. It's free or maybe they paid for it. Or I don't know. I don't know about them like paid or microtransaction. And, um, but the point is, you know, apparently there's a lot of frustration from iOS developers, game developers trying to submit their games. And, you know, there's lengthy delays. Sometimes they're never answered. Sometimes they're just rejected or their game's pulled for like without being informing them. And, um, you know, so even though I'm not that interested in App Store games, um, I am interested in um, I've always been keen on. I mean, it's like I have a personal interest in like, oh, developers, what do they go through? What is their process? What's their life like? Yes. You know? So in general, um, 
there's been a lot of criticism of the App Store review process from a lot of different angles. And I think a lot of it is fair criticism and a lot of it isn't. Uh, hmm. And it can be difficult to like navigate what's fair and what isn't from an outside perspective sometimes, I imagine, because you, you have some people who complain because the process doesn't favor them, but not necessarily because it's unfair, just because it, <laughs> right, you, you see what I'm getting at. Like if, if you're Spotify and you complain every single day because you want a monopoly instead of Apple, like some of the points that Spotify keep bringing up about the Apple uh, App Store um, guidelines and rules are fair and some of them aren't because they are also arguing from a position of wanting to be the big dog. They're not arguing from a position of wanting everything to be fair, right? Mm, um, right. Right. But there's also like things that are completely valid criticism. Um, I just looked up the uh, Apple Arcade uh, developer website and they have a tell us about your game. Uh, if you're working on a fun, unreleased game and would like it to be considered for Apple Arcade, let us know about it. And then they have a like little learn more thing where you can hmm. send them a form about your game. Um, so it is stipulated that it's unreleased. You don't release a game and then get it uh, into Apple Arcade later. Though there are like Fruit Ninja and stuff that have been on the App Store for ages that I guess they just right. took in anyway. But yeah, it's it's a thing you apply for while your game is in development, I guess. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, because I, I got the impression, you know, um, not the impression it is, the uh, Apple Arcade, you have to subscribe to it. You know, it's like a thing you pay for. It's, it's supposed to be curated and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was curious if they had, oh, maybe they have more of a dedicated team to that where maybe mm -hmm. the games are paid more attention. But it makes sense if they're applying during the development process, they'd naturally already kind of have their foot in the door with Apple's team mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So I don't want to say they get special treatment, but they probably get, maybe they have some more, maybe they have a, what do you call it? I don't know, an agent or whatever. That's probably the wrong word. A liaison, someone they actually have like someone to talk to or work out some yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, but no, that, that makes sense. What you talked about, some things are fair, some things aren't. And yeah, people want to be favored basically because everyone's out there trying to push their brand, push their product, make the most money, whatever it is, get the most customers, the most players, the most listeners, what have you. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I have no personal skin in the game in terms of the app store. I've frankly never liked it that much. Um, but, you know, it does come installed on every Mac and Apple is pushing more silicon stuff and more silicon exclusives. And the it's, I mean... I don't like the UI of the app store, but you go there and there's a lot of games that are featured and they have huge gaming sections and they have gaming write-ups and, you know, these new games like Resident Evil and what have you and well, older titles like all the Tomb Raiders and whatever, all the stuff Feral and Aspire put out um, or your Total Wars and what have you. Like they are, they're pushed, they're featured. They, they have editor's notes and little write-ups and little guides sometimes. Like they do stuff. It's just, they, I feel like they have more of a presentation issue almost more than anything. <laughs> Yeah, big time presentation issues. <laughs> there, there's definitely a presentation issue, and there is also a technical issue of what's permitted and what's not. Um, you know, from like the the multiplayer games that have been released on the App Store, where there's been restrictions, and you know, you can only play with other Mac Store, Mac App Store users, mm. and all these kind of things that didn't work as well as if you'd just gotten the game, maybe even cheaper on Steam or something like that. Um, right. But I think. The Mac App Store, both from the perspective of users and developers wanting to release and re like reach those users, 
I think the Mac App Store is a platform that will never be the best way to serve more quote unquote hardcore gamers. I don't necessarily like that term because I well, hardcore yeah. sounds a bit, but um, <laughs> but I think if you're just trying to reach the person who every now and then plays a game on their Mac or their phone or whatever, I think the app store is going to be the easiest way to reach them. Cause as you say, it's installed mm. on all the devices. They might not even know what steam is. And they just uh, pop up in the Mac store. Oh, there's a game. I'll play that. But if you're trying to reach you and me, like all of us here, effectively, I think you're better off releasing your game on Steam because we're going to see it there before we see it on the App Store, frankly, right? At least yeah. I will. Um, yeah. And the technical restrictions of the App Store will not apply there. You know, if if there's one thing you can say that's positive about the thing people keep saying about Apple being a wall garden, it's that it's not actually that tight of a wall. You know, they do permit just arbitrary games being hosted on steam is not as restrictive as it is on ios the mac is still the mac it is still just a generic computing platform that can be used for anything you want and um yeah i i think that's both from a developer perspective and a user perspective that getting them where they already want their games is going to be favorable regardless right yeah, how about you, Ted? Where do you do most of your like game shopping? Is it uh, uh, is it Steam or various platforms or? What I agree mean? with I agree with Casper on that. Steam pretty much primarily, and and you know honestly, the big reason for that is, um, I mean, actually, I I cannot find anything on the App Store. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, oh, I want to go look for a new game and, you know, I'll spend like 20 minutes and there's just no organization. You know, you go to Steam and you say, oh, I want adventure. Boom. There's a list. And then you can say, oh, I want Mac specific. Boom. There's a list of Mac specific adventure games. And you don't have to go, you know, sorting through 20,000 games to find something. And then you say, okay, I'll try this, this one on the apps, you know, the app store. It's like, they're all there, but unless you know exactly what, and, and that's just not on games or for anything, unless mm -hmm. you know exactly what you're looking for. And, and then I'll tell you another thing that really annoys me about the app store. Even if you do know exactly what you want and you ask, you put it in and the title, it'll give you other things. <laughs> I mean, you don't know how many times I've been looking for an app. I got a suggestion from somebody. Oh, go try this thing. I'll, I'll put in the exact name of it and I'll get five, 12 different things, not necessarily just games, whatever. And somewhere in that pile is the one that I put the name in for. And, you know, to me, that's just not a good way to sell things because, mm -hmm. Frankly, I'm going to give up and go somewhere where I can put in exactly what I want and find it or categorize what I want and find it. And, you know, I would buy a lot more games on the App Store if I could freaking find anything. And that's just where I that's where I'm coming from on this. You know, so it's it's about the searchability. And it's also the other thing that really impressed me with Steam is you know, their willingness to, um, you know, I've actually started a game on the Mac and finished it on the PC side, you know, because I just wanted to see the difference. But it, they don't, you know, they make it available just like the App Store. The advantage is, well, if I buy a game and I have like two computers in my house and my wife wants to play it or whatever or use the app because they're part of my family group, 
they yeah. can do that, which is a big advantage of the app store. You know, I would, you know, like that a lot. I do like that a lot. I mean, but on Steam, you get the ability to go across platforms as mm -hmm. long as it's re both platforms are released on their platform. You know, mm -hmm. some aren't. I mean, you know, a big one being uh, Borderlands 3. I never knew it came out in the Mac until uh, uh, John started talking about how he was playing it. And it was like, mm -hmm. oh, really? I never saw it. But it, but it was only released on, what was that, Epic? Epic, yeah, for yeah. some reason. Yeah, well, it's they had the exclusive port, release though, so. of it. Yeah, but nevertheless, it you know, yeah, and 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 the game played fine on the, you know, the Mac playing under Windows. So you know, um, yeah, it played quite well. It's pretty, it's pretty well optimized on Windows, actually. Yeah, um, it was. It was very good. Yeah. You know, I had no problems with it. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's my opinion. But you know, so that's my favorite. And I I don't know. Some reason Epic turns me off, and I don't know why. They're always giving things away, but. I've never been a real big fan of it. I mean, you know, they have their old beef with Apple in court. We've talked about that before. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I've always had, I don't want to say a soft spot, but like an affinity, not necessarily for Epic Games as a company, but w going way back, like Unreal Tournament 1999, you know, Cliff Blazinski, Unreal Engine, you know, and Real Engine's made by Epic, yada, yada. And then later, like Gears of War and Unreal Tournament 3, you know, I got into all those. Of course, those actually were games that were supposed to come to Mac and they got canceled, but I ended up playing them on a friend's PC or boot camp, I forget. Uh, boot camp, I believe. Um, I've always just, because those are like, in like my earlier gaming memories, some of my favorite games were on like Unreal Engine and I just associate that with Epic because they yeah. make the Unreal Engine. I've always just kind of liked them. Just for that reason, even though I like, you know, like any big corporation, they end up doing shenanigans. They do dumb stuff. They do some things I don't like. Um, you know, the you know the Epic Game Store has a lot of again, like, why is this giant mega corporation again? Like, I mean, okay, Apple's like a behemoth compared to Epic, but Epic's still worth multi billions. Like, why don't they have more features in their store? Why did it take them like two years to add a shopping cart to their platform? Like, it's just weird. Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, but, but with anything as big as Epic, I think it's also fair to be like, I like that division of the company and that division, but not that division, because they are, right. they're like the big right. multi-headed Hydra thing, because all of them are so different to each other sometimes, right? <laughs> like, I don't think you can even almost say that the department that makes Unreal Engine is at all related to the department that runs the store. They're just two different entities, right? I would agree um, with that, Yeah. Sure. And if if I just can cycle back to the presentation issue of the App Store, please. Uh, yeah. for, first of all, I, I want to point out that the whole Steam um, family sharing aspect is really great. Um, I have like Steam library sharing set up with the girlfriend, so she can see my games and I can see hers. And when either of us are not using Steam, the other one can use their games, and it's a cool feature. And with uh, oh, wow. Steam Cloud as well, save games, you know, you can start playing on one machine and the save game will be available on any other machine with Steam Cloud. And it's a great feature set. Um, as for the storefronts, I think a major problem is that Steam and the App Store are optimizing for two different things. I think Steam is optimizing for, we have all this stuff, we're giving you the tools to find the kinds of things you want to find. Whereas I think the App Store approach is, we have this stuff. We'll tell you what you want to see. So yeah. they have these big buttons on the left-hand side that are like play, create, uh, develop, these sort of things. And I think 
the mentality of the people organizing the app store is that you'll click the play button because you want to play a game. Here are all the games you need to care about. Don't worry about anything else. Like, I think that's <laughs> the idea they have. And if it really, really worked well, if it was like the YouTube recommendations thing that at least for me, I think works great. If it was that well made, I don't. I wouldn't really have a problem with this approach. If it, it probably should also have better tools for finding things you explicitly want to find. <laughs> but I, I don't think the recommendation will show you what you want approach is necessarily bad. But it isn't that well implemented because it is a, an approach where they just show everyone the same stuff without like tailor made recommendations, and mm. it's just then the idea of we'll show you what you want sort of falls apart a little because it's not what I want to see. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, if the algorithm was better, it would actually be fine or even um, uh, welcome. I agree. Mm -hmm. The YouTube algorithm yeah. in general is really good. Um, I use Spotify. I got to say it's algorithm really good other than like occasionally it always like I joke with my brother because I listen at work with him. I work with him two days a week. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we like a lot of the same music because we just, we just play open music. And, um, like it'll be a great, like, it's just a random playlist I've selected, you know, oh, I want to listen to this kind of genre or based on this artist, you'll like this. And it's really good. Like 90 or 95% of the time. Then every now and then there's a complete curveball in there. And both of them <laughs> are just like, what the frick is that? And I just feel like we stop and change it, you know, to the next one and then it's fine again. Mm -hmm. But like vast, like, like at least 90, 95% of the time, it's great. You have two recommendations. Um, maybe not quite that high, but I'll give it at least like 80 to 85 or something for me. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. So yeah, like if the app store, because like you, you said it perfectly, they're just saying like, well, we're just going to show you what you want or what we, you know, what we have, whether, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and like Ted was saying really hard to find it. I agree. I've pulled my, well, I don't have hair as you can see, but <laughs> I pulled my hair out, so to speak, trying to find. That's just why you like, don't oh have it God, anymore, right? That's true. <laughs> yeah. I spent too much time looking for app store stuff, especially when I worked with Mr. Macrate, um on YouTube scripts. And stuff like that and ideas. Um, you know, he's still chugging along, but I don't work with him because um, he kind of canned his Mac videos based on just views, unfortunately. Mm. Um, his iOS stuff gets way more views. <clears throat> For the time, he has to put in a lot of time to make the videos. So, you know, he's he's also took a step back from his YouTube channel anyway, even considered shutting it down. That's neither here nor there. The point is, I used to do a lot of App Store stuff um, mm. wor working with him and then I suddenly spent a lot of time trying to, you know, figure out the app store and searching and talking to him and Googling stuff. And it's just like, nope, you're just, you can't even search by like release date. It's mm. just not possible. Or yeah. you can, but there's no filter. It's just this like giant wall of just like, just, I don't want to say garbage, but like stuff. And you, mm -hmm. it's not sorted by any, like even alphabetically or any filter. It's just like, okay, well, like, what am I looking at? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Total pain in the bum. Um, better algorithm would be nice. Do they have the time, energy, money capability to do it? Yes. I mean, unless in the grand scheme of Apple, they're weirdly incompetent about search algorithms. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, their music's pretty decent. Although, frankly, I don't think Apple's um, Apple Music's algorithm is very good either. I think it's pretty bad. Like Apple Music as a service. I think in comparison, again, to like YouTube or Spotify, it's terrible. I actually uh, explicitly switched to Apple Music. Uh, because I thought their recommendations suited me better. So Ooh, that's interesting. probably, that's interesting. like I've heard the vast majority of people agree that Spotify does this better. 
I don't know if it's just like my taste in music or if whatever's going on there. <laughs> For me, I, I felt that Apple Music's recommendations worked better. But yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really I think a matter of taste. Got to give it to Apple though. Their what is it? Spatial audio, three D audio, really mm-hmm. cool. I did. Yeah. I actually signed up just to try that, or I had a free month or whatever. And I got to say, like, oh, this is really neat. It's mm-hmm. not enabled on everything. It's select stuff, but I'm like, pretty darn cool. It has yeah. its strengths. Um. Anyway, again, big corporations, they clearly have the time and money to do more stuff with X store, X storefront uh, search capability, and they don't. Who knows why? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's also important what you said about Epic, because Epic is divisive in the gaming community. There's a lot of people who are F Epic, Steam only, and all that. Of course, mm-hmm. there's also people who are like F Steam, you know, GOG only, good old games only, you know, no DRM, <laughs> rar. And then there's the people who are like piracy only, rar, you know, screw <laughs> them all. Um, so you get the whole range, right? Oh yeah. <clears throat> For me, I'm more concerned about okay, well, what's the like what's quote unquote okay, what makes the best place to play a game? Well, in a very broad perspective, oh, maybe where it has the most features, maybe it has the most players, maybe where it's the best price. Mm-hmm. Um but for me, you know, I don't find Epic Games very hard to deal with. Their launcher's fine, solid by me. I actually rather like their website overall. It's not too simplistic. It's not too complex. Steam can be a little, I don't want to use the word overwhelming because I'm fine with complexity. But like, there's a lot of excess stuff on Steam I don't really care about. Um, and it's fine. Do I prefer Epic exclusives? No, I would rather it's just released everywhere. Would I always choose Steam? Uh, Not necessarily. Epic has some pretty sweet deals and coupons sometimes. Mm. Um, So to me, it's more about like, do I want to play this game right now? Like uh, Dead Island 2 is coming up. It's on Epic. I want to play it. I got a buddy lined up to play it with. I'm going to buy it on Epic. Mm. You know, Um, I don't want to wait like six to 12 months and play it later on Steam. You know, I'd rather play it sooner. Not because I'm chasing cult of the new. It's just, oh, I'm in a space where I'd like to play this kind of game. It's an you know, action zombie co-op game. The old Dead Island games eventually made their way to Mac. Quite delayed, frankly, but not, not terribly delayed. Wasn't that an Aspire oh. thing as well? I think it was. Uh, I mean, it's I old Techland. I spreading misinformation, but yeah. Old Techland who eventually self-ported Dying Light. I think they just did it internally. But okay. maybe I'm a crazy person. Now I have to go look. Uh, I actually I just visited Epic, so I punched uh, um, 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 Dead Island. Is this still one of its sells max for? Yeah, the definitive version four dollars right now. Um, <laughs> does not have max support here anymore. Must have ended, or I remember even playing Dead Island on. Oh, this is the definitive edition. That's why. Uh, one moment. Yeah, I, don't know. I just because um, Riptide never came to Mac. I just need Dead Island itself. Oh, they don't seem to sell just Dead Island anymore. It also came to um, to Linux, apparently. Oh, that's why. Okay, so original Dead Island. I don't know. It. I don't, okay, I can't tell you to it, but now it's a bundled version. Mm. Okay. Now I have to look this up. I don't know. Dead it, Island it, Goatee is apparently on the Mac Store with a rating of two out of five stars. Ha ha ha. Okay. Uh, it doesn't say on the Wikipedia page, so I, I guess they might. I was going to go there next. Yeah, that's what I'm looking. It, they probably just did it internally, I guess. Um, I played it on the probably. Xbox back in the day, so I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. Please note, multiplayer between the Mac App Store version and the Steam version is not possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, anyway, Dead Island 2. You know, I think it's a good time. It's just silly, zombie-smashing fun. Frankly, I was a little <laughs> disappointed by Dying Light 2, even though I'm a huge Dying Light fan. Um, and Techland. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, the combat was way worse than Dying Light 1, which made no sense. Oh, Same really? studio, oh. newer game. Mm. Big community complaint. Um, I also didn't like the story. I mean, I'm still glad I bought it and played it. But I played it once and I don't intend to play it again. It was like 25, 30 hours. Whereas I have like over 100 hours into Dead Island. Uh, sorry, into um, Dying Light. Right. Mm-hmm. Big okay. fan. Um, anyway, so like <clears throat> I'm more platform agnostic. Now, not completely because something like Origin annoys me, EA's Origin. Because I it's just something about it. it's clunky. It's always like somehow my password's always a problem, even though I don't <laughs> have password problems anywhere else. <laughs> Uh, the, again, the layout's weird. The library management's weird. There's always like extra hoops when you launch games. The whole thing's just like kind of annoying. Like Epic they doesn't have all that. Right. They're replacing it with they call it the EA app. Uh, on Windows, they've already full, like completed the replacement, so the EA app has yeah, completely replaced Origin. Ah. Uh, but on the Mac, they still rely on Origin. Okay, there you go. So something yeah. like Origin. I mean, I still bought it. Um, like I bought Bioware's Anthem. You know, turned out the game flopped. I personally enjoyed it, though I recognize that had a ton of problems, but I do wish it continued. But I, even though I, I begrudgingly used Origin because that was my only way to play it. So I don't dislike these platforms enough to be like, well, there's a game I'm interested in, but screw it. I'm not going to play it because it's on Epic or Origin. Oh, yeah. Or well, I agree like, with that. I'll, I'll go play it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how, you know, I'm basing this off like forum chatter and Reddit. Like, how serious are these people who are like, F, insert platform here? Do they then turn around and just go buy the game and play it anyway? I have no idea. <laughs> Do they so. stick to their their guns or their their Reddit statements? I'd have no way of knowing. I, I think um, the vast majority of people, if there's a game they're really into, they're not going to care that much. They're just right. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, if you really want to play the game, you'll get it wherever. But mm-hmm. you know, if you have a preferred where you're going to look for it, that I think that's pretty much the way I feel too. Right. You know. I do default to Steam. It's true. I do like it. I like the ecosystem. I like my friends list. I like the chatter with people. I can see activity. Um, I like the uh, the news stream and my profile. I look at that because I follow certain games and, and developers mm-hmm. and whatever. Right. Like That's there's, a lot, nice. there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff on Steam. It's it's a good platform. I like that they've gotten away from curation personally. Um, I mean, it it means there's ends up a bunch bunch of like random indie games, all these like porn games or whatever on Steam, but. I personally believe more in free markets, not to get like political or capitalist here or something, but just like in terms of as a gamer entertainment, I think within reason, I, as in, okay, don't have like school shooter simulators or something, those to get pulled within reason and with a, you know, parental controller, adult settings or whatever, which are there in steam, right? The game should be there and you should be able to parouse and play what you want, you know, especially as an adult. Um, Though, though the only the only game I can think of that actually I think got pulled was like the original Manhunt or Manhunt Two, I th- I think it's Manhunt Two got pulled from maybe no maybe it never came to PC. But there was a thing I think where the original Manhunt and I happened to be wanting to play the game at the time. I mean I don't know what that says about me wanting to play like like a, a crazy murder guy game. Um, uh, but anyway, I did, <laughs> and it was like pulled at the time and some Steam curation controversy thing, and I was like, grr. I was up in arms about it. Um, I mean, not not really. I didn't just like internally. I didn't like go on a forum or something. Hmm. Um, but Steam's long dropped that stance, and it's like ninety nine percent anything goes. So um, that's fine. But 
yeah, games will games will come. So yeah, I'm hope you know this is the other weird thing about the Mac. Again, pros and cons. Frankly, it's mostly a con. Occasionally, it's a pro. You know, this was more back in the like the golden era of, of Spire and Feral, where we would get a game later, but it would be like a game of the year edition. You got everything bundled together and all like the DLC for like the original whatever fifty six dollar price. Theoretically, the, all the bugs were fixed, although occasionally they were ported or new ones created, but. Yeah. Um, and Feral, and you know they did good supporting. You know controllers or 3D audio, uh, or the multiplayer was supported. Um, you know, and that was all right. But uh, you know, nowadays it's oh, wow. I completely lost my train of thought. Why I was making that point? Game releases, Aspire, Feral, delays. Oh, right. Okay, that was the point. <clears throat> and so I don't mind saying it now because so much time has passed. But the um, internal team at Larian, um, which is really, what are they called? L-E-L? They have a separate name. They're part of Larian, Elver but they have Isles, like their I own. Elver, Elvers, yeah, something like that. I, they I pitched an app, yeah, some years ago when Cyberpunk released in 2020, late 2020, they pitched to Apple porting it to Mac for the like newer machines. They tried to get it. The project didn't go through. Like they, like they wanted Apple to support them porting the game, kind of like how Apple's paying devs now. But that mm-hmm. I think is Apple actually going out and picking the games. Maybe oh, I don't actually know that. I'm speculating. In any case, it didn't go through. But they did try, and I suspect why it didn't go through is because at the time, the game had so much heat against it and so much outcry for not being in the game. It was it all claimed it to be. And even the game company's investors were suing them and their stock dropped in half. And, you know, the game is getting, you know, criticized all over the place. The game is still good. It's just, it's true. It was not the game they said it was two years later or more than now, two years and some months later, it's much closer to the game. They said it was, although it's still a bit short. It's a very good game, but if you're hung up on exactly what they said it would be, it's true. It's not that, but the, my point I'm trying to make is, um, like prospectively, like again, Company of Heroes three. I was really hoping Feral would port it. Um, the game's doing decently well, but it has mixed reviews on Steam. I think it caught a lot of flack for its single player campaigns not being very good, um, and some other things. Although apparently the multiplayer is still pretty good. It's like my what I'm trying to get is like I, these games like get better later, usually not always, but usually through patches. But it takes a year or two. But then maybe they've lost their like porting momentum because maybe they didn't have a great release and it's like, oh, mixed reviews or or there's, you know, whatever. Maybe there's some controversy about it in the press or something, whatever. I mean, I'm glad to see Atomic Heart survive that. I don't want to get political, but it's like there's a lot of people trying to make buying the game political. People trying to make buying Hogwarts Legacy political. You guys right. are both Hogwarts Legacy fans. Like we're just average gamers. We don't care about this stuff. We just want a good game. Right. And we want to have a good time <laughs> and, you know, our favorite worlds and our favorite characters or, or the genres we enjoy, you know, Hogwarts Legacy is a cool game. I'm not I like I used to read all the books. I've always seen all the movies. I don't really consider myself a fan at this point, but like I almost went and got the game. Maybe I'll get it on sale one day. It, it looks like a cool game and by all accounts, it's really well done. Um, So I'm just hoping like because uh, of because of the way the mat goes and like usually these long dev times or maybe maybe you need funding in some cases now from apple or something you know clearly feral and aspire took big big hits during the pandemic you know aspire basically vanished from the face of mac gaming feral went down to like one release a year or possibly less um you know they're clearly not in like great positions of strength 
to just be like, we'll port six games this year. And if a couple are flops, that's okay. You know, um, I'm only saying this because they're games I want to see on the Mac. Oh, Company of Heroes 3. You know, I've always liked Company of Heroes 1 and 2. Feral did those. You know, I happen to really like Cyberpunk. And, you know, Dead Island used to be on the Mac. It's a great zombie slaying game. Uh, Dying Light was really fun. Came to the Mac. Dying Light 2, no indication, though. Hmm. Who knows? I, you know, it's speculation. I don't really personally agree with a lot of that. But I, especially I want to touch on the delay thing and the pa- things being patched up and things. Um, okay, please. Because... Yeah, you can say that that's a positive, but on the flip side, aren't we then just discussing like when should you release a game versus calling it an early access thing or something along those lines? I wouldn't that's say true. that that's like even a benefit. That's just arguing when do you consider a game ready to be released? That's true. I wasn't thinking of that angle of vision, but you're totally right. I, I would agree with that without mm. any debate at all. Mm. <clears throat> Um, and it's funny because, uh, I know we're going to wrap up in a couple minutes, but, um, this is relevant to a game I have been playing, which is Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. The, um, what are they? Fat Sharks, um, new game, you know, they made Vermintide one and two, you know, it's like a spinoff of the Left 4 Dead formula set in the Warhammer universes. Um, so the game is released in what November of last year as a full game, $40. So it's like double a game, not triple a price. Um, but it was immediately apparent to me from trying the beta, it was totally an early access game masquerading as a full release. Yeah. Um, but of course they are marketing it as a full release. So a lot of people bought the game and now the game is currently, I think it's mostly negative on steam. It's just been like demolished in the ratings. People aren't mad about the inherent gameplay. It's actually very good. They're mad about the lack of content and the dev slow updates and them, you know, promising again like oh we have these features on release and it only has them three or four months later now and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so i I agree they're doing a very poor job i didn't mind it because i tried the game in when it had an open beta for a weekend and i'm like oh this is clearly an early access game but i like the game enough i'm gonna buy it and play it anyway and i don't mind um (laughs) but in fairness it is not a complete game at all it is absolutely an early access release and it won't be done for like one or two more years (laughs) and the game is already delayed like a whole year it's one of the things I consider sort of like, I don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily like problematic, but uh, certainly an aspect of the day and age where you can just like have access to internet patches of your game and the mentality might be just, just ship it now, get in the sales and then we'll fix it later. Whereas in the days where, you know, you shipped a cartridge and you didn't touch it ever again, you kind of mm-hmm. had to make sure that things were more ironed out because you couldn't fix it later. Um, it's true yeah that that gives us the massive benefit that they can fix things later because you know if something was broken when they ship those cartridges that's it you know in this case if they ship a near perfect game you know they can still polish it up a little bit more uh, if people find bugs or something later on that they didn't find during testing but it might also give them more of a free pass to have less testing and just ship it earlier yeah, right. that's the problem. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, at this point, I'll, I'll stop rambling about like game stuff. But the um, yeah, with especially with M three chips coming, and we're still pending on what No Man's Sky, Grid Legends. Now we have the medium announced. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited to see, especially like in the back half of this year. You know, the M threes come out, WWCCs passed, WWDCs passed. Um, you know. Maybe we'll get some more juicy announcements. Um, I'm not asking for a, you know, a, a horde of them, but just like one to three. 
you know. Yeah. Throw, throw yeah. me a bone. <laughs> <laughs> throw us a bone. Yeah. Let us have a couple of games. Yeah. Like something. I'm, something I'm honestly just super stoked to see what the Mac Pro will be like because there's talk of like compute modules <laughs> that you can plug in like an M5 Ultra or something in it later. Oh, like yeah, very interesting. Cool. Uh, oh. <laughs> All right. We'll have to find out. Um, well, that will do it for today, gents. I think we had a good catch up. Um, next show, which I can't say when it'll be scheduled, but we're hoping to try to do some, uh, like, uh, just fun staff stuff, uh, podcast, you know, all the guy, guy, mostly guys, one gal, Lily, um, like our favorite games of all time, like no, uh, no date limit can be stuff from the eighties, nineties, whatever, um, like top 10 or 15, it'll probably take more than a, probably take us a couple shows to get it done, but it's just something interesting. And I think it's a good way to fill in, um, fill in the gaps when we don't have like tons of new tech stuff or game stuff to talk about. Um, and it's just a fun way to talk about our favorite games um, throughout time. Cause mine range from, I have, yeah, stuff in the nineties and I have stuff all the way up until, till recently. Um, yeah. So yeah, everyone's on board for that. Just a matter of scheduling, uh, can be a little tough, but we'll see what we can get done. So, uh, thank you very much guys for being here and thank you for our listeners for being patient. And, uh, hopefully our shows will be at least, once a month or if possible more, you know, like twice a month, whatever we can manage. And, um, yeah. Oh, quick aside. I, I may start uploading the old podcast by old podcast. I mean, there was, there literally was a podcast before named the Mac Gamecast, like 10 years ago. And I did with Ted and some other guys, <laughs> actually more than 10 years ago. It was like 12 to 13. Yeah. So I may, you know, honestly, there was like 36 episodes of that. I don't know if I'm going to like release all of them as a separate show or maybe I'll name them like an archive. It used to actually be the inside Mac games podcast and it transitioned to the Mac game cast, like an episode five or something. Um, but I wanted to start releasing some of those because some of them are really interesting, like interviews with uh, Edwin, Edwin Smith from Feral Interactive and there's some fun, fun episodes on indie game devs or covering mm -hmm. WWDC. Anyway, I just wanted to throw a few of them up there. Uh, I'll have to look at their audio quality and this and that. And anyway, I may, I may release some stuff. It's on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Thank you very much, uh, Ted and Casper and to everyone else. So have fun, be well, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Take see you care. next time. Cheerio. Yep. Bye. Cheers. Mm -hmm.